One behavioral response that kids have to childhood trauma is lying. We get a lot of foster and adoptive parents that commonly express lying as one of the biggest issues that they have with their kiddo. And uh, they come to stable moments and say like, you need to work on this. Like we need to work on the lying, even about the smallest things. It just feels like the child lies about everything. And we do have an activity called Factor Fiction that we use to work with a child on differentiating what is fact and what is fiction. So for today's episode, what I want to do is actually break down lying. Um, I know that it's a very frustrating behavior, but I want uh, to give some perspective on what lying is about for a child who has experienced complex trauma. And then I want to walk you through exactly how you can use the fact or fiction game to address this issue. So I'm gonna roll that intro and then we'll dive right in. I'm Rebecca Britt, and this is the Stable Moments Podcast. I started this podcast to understand from all perspectives how we can help end the foster care crisis. The overwhelming response was we need to support our local communities. Unwanted, abandoned, orphaned children are the community's responsibility. We must support, guide, love, invest, raise up generations that will nurture, love, and support their own children to end this crisis. So the purpose of this podcast is to build an army of people that are interested and willing to take responsibility of our foster youth and who are supportive of foster and adoptive families. This is the on-ramp for people who want to get involved but might not know where to start. I want this to be a place where community members feel like they can make a difference, where they feel good enough to make that difference, and believe that they can be a big deal in the life of a child. Thanks for being part of our community and make sure to join the conversation in the Stable Moments Podcast Facebook group. Together, we can end the foster care crisis. First, let's dive into why some children with complex trauma lie. One significant factor is the role that lying plays in their coping mechanisms. Lying is a great coping mechanism for a lot of issues that result from complex trauma. For many of these kids, lying becomes a survival strategy and it might help them avoid punishment, um, maintain some sense of control, or protect themselves from potential harm. So I'm gonna go through some of the reasons why kids might lie, um, just so that you can understand where they're coming from when they're telling lies, because it can be super uh, frustrating when you're like, that's not the truth. Like it could be something that's so small and you're getting onto them for lying, but they are doing it for a much deeper Uh, root survival uh, reason and then they feel even worse about themselves or even more shameful because they're like they know they're lying but they don't know why so if we can know why then we can help meet them where they're at so uh, the first reason might just because a loss of trust so if a child has experienced repeated betrayal or neglect and they can't rely on adults to do what they to do what they're supposed to do or do what they say they're going to do then they might uh, have a defense mechanism of lying because they can't trust this person anyway so they don't want to tell that person the truth uh, they uh, have a fear of consequences so it might just be like let's say a kid's in a foster home or adoptive home and you come in and you just say uh, oh did you turn the tv on now in their home of origin, that could have gotten them in big trouble um, or hurt even. So they might just lie like, no, I didn't. I didn't do anything. It might just be like a instinctual uh, 
knee-jerk reaction to just say, no, I didn't do it or make up a story about who did it or how, oh, it actually, the TV actually just turned on on its own. I don't know how to do it. Or somebody came into the house and turned the TV on and it's this big story, but it's because they're nervous that you're going to be mad at them or that they're going to be in trouble if they say, yeah, I did turn it on. Okay. So being able to speak to that you know, like, oh, are you nervous to tell me because you're afraid I might get upset because I won't, I was actually just asking a question and really retraining them of like, you're safe here. Okay. Another reason uh, kids might lie is they literally don't know the truth, meaning maybe they dissociated. So uh, I used to work with a kid on my caseload that would go and have dissociative, uh, sessions. One time he went into the public bathroom at the school and ripped everything up. Like he was completely dysregulated. Uh, something had happened in class where they kept asking him to sit still, sit still, sit still. He couldn't sit still. And so he took a walk, went to the bathroom, tore everything up, ripped up all the, you know, feminine pads, ripped up all the toilet paper, kind of destroyed the bathroom. And then he came out and when another teacher went in, they realized what he did. Then he was put in a planning room and he was asked, why did you do this? Why did you rip up the bathroom? Why did you destroy the bathroom? This is destruction of school property and it's not okay. And he said, I didn't do that. I don't know what you're talking about. I didn't do that. So he was so dysregulated by the time he went in the bathroom that he may not, probably doesn't even know that he did do that. He was in such a state that he was just like trying to regulate his body and acting out in a way to regulate his body that he doesn't remember doing it. He has, he had completely dissociated at that point. So to sit there and keep asking him like, you did do it. You were the one in there, you know, you did it. Um, and seeing that as lying isn't helpful. Speaking to his regulation and need for regulation would be more helpful in that instance. There also might be a situation where they have created a story or they have a skewed reality. I had a kid on my caseload that um, he always was telling everybody that he had a cat and his adoptive parents were like, we don't have a cat. He needs to stop telling people about this cat. We don't have one. People ask about it all the time because he tells everyone that we have a cat. He tells people he needs to get home to his cat. He doesn't have a cat. And what we found out through a lot of uh, therapy was actually that his mom had locked him in closets for very long periods of time and had hurt him. And while he was alone in these closets, he created a cat that hung out with him and that he could pet and could comfort him. And so to him, this cat was very real and it was the thing that helped him survive the hours and hours and hours that he would be left in this closet. So he took that cat with him to his uh, foster placements and to his adoptive home. And that cat was uh, really important to him. So just think if this is his like imaginary cat, that's super real to him and that keeps him safe and keeps him comforted. If we just keep saying, why are you lying? We don't have a cat. There's no cat. Um, so that's like a skewed reality. He has created a reality to keep him safe and keep him comfortable. Um, and to him, it's very real, even though tangibly there's no cat. Okay. And then finally, kids may lie just to fill in the gaps. So there, uh, are a lot of times when kids are being neglected, 
that they have to fill in the gap. So they might not know what's going on. Maybe they were stuck in a closet all day and the, the teacher saying, well, what did you do? What did you do last night? Did you play games? Did you do this? And they're like, yeah, yeah, I played games because that's what I'm supposed to say, right? I can't say that I was locked in a closet. So yeah, I mean, we got together as a family, we ate dinner. So maybe they're saying what, what they wish would happen. They might have to lie all the time at school or to the rest of the world about what goes on at their house because they're ashamed of it or they know it would get their parents in trouble. So they have learned, I'm gonna just lie about what happens there. When you create that as a coping mechanism, as a skill, as a strategy to keep your family and you safe, then you just stop realizing what is true. The truth was you were locked in a closet, but you don't say that. You go to school every single day saying what did happen and how you, you played with your dad and you played catch and it was all these great things. Okay, so let's say you do that all the time. Let's say you do that all the time uh, while you're going through elementary school. You are always making up good stories about your family. And now you are in your adoptive home and you can't shut that off. So you just make up things all the time. This is like the big storytelling uh, type of lying that we see. So I used to have a, a girl that just like she would see a fire truck and she would for the next 10 minutes, we were talking about where the fire truck was going and that there was a family, there was a fire, uh, there were two kids that needed to get out from the you know top story and they were having a hard time getting out and we would see a plane later and it was like, oh, they're headed to that fire. None of that was true, okay? We knew none of that from the fire truck that just passed us while we were driving, but she only knew how to make up a whole story. And this one keeps her safe because if she knows where the fire truck is headed, then it's not coming after her. Um, if she knows what's happening, then she has some security and some safety. But also she has honed this skill of telling really great stories of exactly what happened so that when people ask her questions like they did about her family or what's going on at her house, she has the right story to tell. So it's a skill that she has learned, but she can't unlearn it very well. So if you have a kid that does this storytelling, fills in gaps, um, and doesn't really know how not to, and they have a hard time discerning between fact and fiction, then the fact and fiction game that we have in the Stable Moments program is a great one to play. And I'm gonna explain it to you now so that you can use it with your kids. And I think that this is a great way to deal with any kid that uh, you know is lying for you or a parent has reported lying. Now, one thing I do is I change the language. So if a parent says my kid's a liar or you know they just continue to lie, I usually say that you know I write the challenge statement as like the child struggles with truth telling because their um, ideas are not based in reality or something. So that it, it isn't so much like you're a liar, but that we are calling out the coping mechanism that is playing out. Fact or fiction, what does that look like? So you might have a kid that is, you know, it, let's say they come to the program. You can literally choose anywhere. Let's say you're in a hallway. Let's say you're out in a pasture. Let's say that you're in a field, wherever. Go find something that you can observe, okay? So with it might be a bunch of horses, okay? It might be, if you're in a school, it might be the janitor is cleaning up after school and you can just watch the scenario. And all you have to say to the kid is tell me what you see. All right, tell me what you see. So the child may describe it exactly how it is. Like, 
oh, that janitor is putting trash in the trash bin or, or mopping the floors or something. Likely they will add some flavor to that because now you've put them on the spot. So understand just saying to them, tell me what you see might be anxiety provoking right there because you're saying like, do something and they're like, I must have the right answer. So if they freeze for whatever reason, you can say, would you like me to help? And then you can kind of say what you see and try to stick to just the facts. Or you could even tell a story. You could say, oh, you know, this janitor is mopping and he seems really mad. I'm sure his wife forgot to make him a sandwich. You can go on with your big story that you would tell if you notice that the kid is having a really hard time coming up with what they see. But if you can, start with them and just say, tell me what you see. So we used to see this at the Stable Moments program where they go, there's a black horse and a white horse and they're mad because nobody gave them food today. Okay, and then you use this opportunity, whatever story they tell, you use this opportunity to get curious. So you say, oh, wow, what I see is a black horse and a white horse. How do we know that they're mad? Is that fact or fiction that they're mad? And then you have to remember here that kids are used to filling in the blanks. So being able to say what's fact and what's fiction. I see a janitor mopping a floor how can we tell that he's mad? Is the mad part something we came up with or is the mad part something you can tell? So they might say, well, I know he's mad because the way he's doing it, which this is, this is really cool to watch because it might just be that he is hastily mopping the floor because he wants to get his job done and he wants to go home and he's good at, he's effect, you know, like he's efficient, but they might see that hasty as like he's pissed. Um, and he might, he's ready to pop off. So really cool to see what kids interpret as mad, okay? And say, is that fact or fiction? You're supposed to go through each part of the story and you basically, is that fact or fiction? So what's fact? Is there a janitor standing there? Is there a white horse and a black horse? Yes, fact, they're in front of us. Okay, is he mad? Well, he's mopping really fast. Well. Okay, really good observation. He is super fast. Do we ever do things super fast, but we're not mad? Oh, we do? Okay, so maybe he's mad, but maybe he's also just really good at his job. Maybe if you're looking at the horses and you're like, well, one just stomped his foot. Oh, good observation. He did stomp his foot. That is fact. Does stomping a foot always mean that they're mad? And then you can check the horse body language poster, but sometimes stomping a foot just means there's a fly on it. So is it fact or fiction that they're mad? Okay, that's fiction. We came up with them. They could be, but they're not necessarily mad. And then you continue to go down the rest of the story. Do we know anything about if he has a wife, if about the lunch, that whole part, is that something you came up with? Or do we see right here something that tells us that his wife didn't make him a sandwich or whatever? Okay, that parks fiction. And then you, you go through fact, fiction, great observation. What does that tell us? Could it mean something else? Get really curious and then like, okay, cool. So what we know as you wrap this up is what we know is there are two horses standing here, a black one and a white one. That's the fact, that's the end of the story. Um, and the rest would just be a story we come up with. And it's so natural. Actually, we do this. You and I, we all come up with a story, okay? We add a lot more to 
things that we observe. Our brains actually do it. Even if there's no trauma, we, our brains are great uh, information filing systems. So we need to look at something, judge it, understand, is this, you know, how does this affect my day and file it away. So we might see a woman in a Mercedes. I've heard this before. I won't say who said it, but saw a woman in a Mercedes. And the first thing that person said was, I wonder what her husband does. And what is that? That's a bias, right? That means any woman driving a nice car couldn't have possibly gotten it herself. Um, and she must be taken care of by some man. Okay. So we do that. It's no judgment on us. We just do it. We just assume we make assumptions. So anytime that we cannot make those assumptions, not just add to the story, we don't know that about that story. Another example that I just had was I was in a store with somebody and somebody had a mask on and the person said, I can't believe those people are still concerned about COVID. And I said, oh, they might have a, um, person in the hospital right now and they're trying to like protect themselves from anything they might bring when they're visiting that person and the person was like okay maybe but that's the point like it probably was that they were afraid of COVID and maybe they didn't have somebody that they were trying to protect in the hospital but the fact is we don't know so we shouldn't make a judgment about it and it could be a whole million types of things right they could have had a cold sore on their face and they just didn't want people to see it like we don't know it doesn't really matter um, but what we do, what we can control is like how we are interpreting information. So with these kids, you want to go back to like, what is fact? There's a person with a mask on. There's a woman driving a Mercedes. That's what it is. Okay. And so you, you can look, then you get to switch to another thing. Okay. Let's do this. Let's look at this one. So throughout your sessions with a kid or throughout your days with a kid, choose this a bunch of times. Like just go to a park, go, um, you know, throughout your session, be like, let's pause re real quick and see what we see. And this is a really fun way to connect because rather than lying and, oh, is that true? I don't know if you did that. Um, you can actually connect and get curious and build relationship in that way. I remember, uh, the one girl, the same girl that did the fire trucks. She said, I um, was really helpful at school today. And I said, oh, you were great. Like, what did you do? And she said, I fixed 24 computers. I was like, you fixed 24 computers? That is amazing. How did you fix them? And then she told me and I said, okay, so this is not a situation where you're looking at something, but they've told you a big story that maybe you think isn't completely true. So then I said, okay, so tell me more about that. And of course she had a harder time telling me about like what she actually fixed. Okay, so like the more detail you get, the harder it is for them to say that. And then I'm like, hmm, is, is maybe the part about you fixing the computers, is that fact or fiction? Because I believe that you were really helpful at school today. So I'm sure that's a fact. But did the part about you fixing 24 computers, is that fact or is that fiction? And then because we've played this before and I've built rapport and she knows fact and fiction isn't something that she's going to get in trouble about. She knows that we're just getting curious and we're trying to figure it out. She said, well, it wasn't 24 computers. I fixed one. And I was like, wow. I mean, just fixing one computer is a pretty helpful thing to do. It's a really great skill. How did you do? How did you fix it? And I even said, cause I have a computer that could use fixing. And I showed her my laptop and she said, oh, well, this computer I fixed was a mouse. Like it had a mouse and it had a little roller ball in it. And I 
took the roller ball out and it dropped on the floor. And then I put the roller back ball back in. And so I fixed it. And I'm like, well, that is great. So what really happened is she was sitting in computer class and she noticed that there was a roller ball. She started messing with it. The roller ball fell out and on the floor and then she got the rollerball back put it back in now i'm sure this whole time she felt like oh my gosh i just broke this mouse oh gosh i don't know what's gonna happen to me i hope i don't get in trouble and then when she realized that okay the rollerball is still on the floor she put it back in she shut it and she fixed it and everything seemed fine and nobody noticed what she had done i'm sure she was like thank god nobody noticed that i just broke this computer so her story was that she fixed 24 computers because she was so darn scared that she had broken one. That's the truth. And I'm not saying that you need to get to the root cause and you need to go like, oh my gosh, like, were you nervous that you had, that you might've broken that and that you might've gotten in trouble? Yeah, that's really, that makes sense. That's the truth of it. But to label this girl as saying she's so grandiose, she didn't help with anything and she's just trying to take credit for for and lying about fixing 24 computers when the truth was she was afraid she broke one but the fact that she got it back together made her super relieved and then she didn't want anybody to know that she broke it to begin with so she came up with a story that like she was actually really helpful that day and she wasn't bad she was really good she fixed so many computers um so that so that you will believe she's a good person and of value like that's where it comes down to okay so there's just so much that goes on behind these stories and these lies that it's just not helpful for us to come forward with. You're lying. That's not true. I need you to start telling the truth. It's not going to be a motivator for them. In fact, that pressure that they feel from having to tell the truth is probably going to have them try to come up with a story that's going to make you feel better because it's what they know to do. So when they're in that, that uh, they don't feel safe. They will want to lean on the coping mechanisms they know and the coping mechanisms they know are to tell you what you want to hear, to come up with something that's not going to get them in trouble and it rarely is going to be the truth, okay? So with us playing fact or fiction, it's just a fun, easy, breezy, light way to interact with the storytelling and get to the bottom of really what did happen, where are they coming from, um, and the fiction part is fine. Like, wow, you're so good at telling stories. As long as we can kind of tell which part is the story and which part is the fact. I hope that that's helpful for you guys. Uh, we have that as a stable moments activity, but you can sprinkle that into your stable moment sessions like three times during the sessions. And you can tell parents that that is exactly how you work on uh, lying. Okay. And it's really just reality has been really tough and they have had to come up with their reality. They have had to come up with what people want to hear. So to tell them now that they need to just tell the truth um, really isn't fair to them. Hope that's helpful. I hope you guys enjoy this holiday season. Until next time.